Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwyn, and the Insider Crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 55. I'm at the table with Manny Alban, Damon Lowney, and Robert Forsyth. Is always in the background making all this work. Man, it's like a spring-like day we're going to have today. 60 degrees, I think? That's Something like cool. that. Well, coming back Cloudy. from Florida was 85. This is okay, uh, pretty don't, damn don't, chilly. Don't rub it in. Don't <laughs> rub it in. I'm excited that I could possibly wash my car. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, let's get some of the uh, housekeeping stuff. If you enjoy the episode, please like, comment, and subscribe. And uh, I would like to say thank you to those that commented last time. It's very cool to hear you know, Craig S., uh, you know, his, his inspirational car was the Smoking the Bandit Trans Am. That's one of my favorite cars from back in the day. Uh, Lance Johnson rode in talking about a Guards Red 944. I wonder at what point, when, how depressing was it when you found out how little horsepower that Trans Am had? That Trans Am actually had. Because when you were watching the movie, you thought, it's oh yeah, it's hundreds and maybe five hundred, six hundred. It's like a hundred and seventy. Like I think it was like one hundred and seventy-five horsepower. Yeah. I assume anything <laughs> made by a U.S. manufacturer from nineteen seventy-four or five to till about what eighty-five is going to be less than two hundred. So here's my it's question: kind of, Is in those scenes where he does burnouts galore and goes racing down the highway, was that truly just the hundred and seventy-five horsepower from that? I forget. What was like some monstrous? Like mean seven... Hollywood could have lied to us. <laughs> no, but I mean, you still and need put a different soundtrack. And... Well, no, but they still need some Shifted kind of motor. Gears. <laughs> they need some kind of motor so, so, in there. So, was to... it a one tire burnout or a two tire fire? Is what do they call one tire fire, two tire fire? Oh gosh! Because you know I don't think those Trans Ams came with limited slip differentials either. I think they were one tire burnouts. Were they? I think. Yeah. So maybe if anyone that's yeah. listening, if you guys know, let us know. But still, it was like. Smoking the bandit. That was that was yeah. cool, and he was jumping over rivers and yeah, yeah. yeah that was that was cool. And the the, the whole CB scene. Did, did you ever have a handle do you, uh, for for a CB, Manny? No, we use CBs when we caravan. I know, but did you you guys didn't have a handle? No. Oh, my dad had I have a handle. Old blazer, but I never used it. I have a handle. My handle's Great Ghost. Oh gosh. <laughs> Not not Cebu play. <laughs> um, no, because because Grey Ghost. I you said it was egg roll. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Is that what that, you told me? No, that was my. All right, so <laughs> so <laughs> that's in, his PS4 name. So in high school, I played lacrosse and I played attack, and it didn't it didn't bother me, but it was actually I thought it was kind of cool. You played lacrosse. I played lacrosse. I was I was attack and um, field hockey. But go ahead. <laughs> I had this signature move. Where I would pick and roll and shoot, right? Mm-hmm. And um, now that I think back, it's funny. But then it was like cool, like when it was my time to do that, and the 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 coach would, you know, say, "Do that move." Instead of saying "Do that move," the whole team on the sideline would just yell "Egg roll." Wow, <laughs> <laughs> nice. They would yell "Egg roll," which signaled, "Okay, pick, roll, shoot." And yep, yep. It worked. That's um, what that was in your hand or nickname. No, that was, that, that, that was my was move. Okay, that was yeah, my yeah, move yeah. in lacrosse. Yeah, yes, it's a funny. very very different thing. Um, let's see. Ian talked about uh, time with his dad watching Indy Five Hundred, which is cool. I remember how I said, you know, we, this the reach of our podcast is kind of cool. Uh, Michael Gaffney from Brussels wrote in saying he's got our back, listening to us every Monday out there. Nice. So that's cool. Another Trans Am and F Body from uh, Renthusiast. 
Um, Gurney Eagle, like you, Manny, had uh, slot cars, mm-hmm. and that was his inspiration. So a lot of cool comments. Thank you so much for those of you that took the time to do that. We love seeing it. And again, like, comment, and subscribe. Now, to the important part of the show is uh, the last time we recorded, we were a little disappointed. Yep. But then a few hours later, it was like Christmas because the FedEx man arrived. Yeah, every diesel truck that we heard, <laughs> we looked out the window hoping that it was uh, FedEx. Now, Brent, I have to say, you know, we were so happy that you were sending us um, Kringles, but I didn't realize you were sending us boxes of Kringles. <laughs> and let me tell you, Brent sent us every flavor under the moon, and uh, they were amazing. I have mm-hmm. to say, I, I <laughs> like most people, uh, I didn't read the instructions initially, so I just... Yeah, we ate them cold. We ate them cold. <laughs> But that gave us two experiences. We ate them cold initially, and then we ate them where we warmed them up for like 10 seconds in uh, the microwave. And warming them up is definitely the way to go, but they were delicious. And I was surprised this morning. I just happened to look. uh, Somebody opened the refrigerator, and I caught the box. And I'm like, oh, my God, is that the Kringle box? They're sold here. And they said, yeah, I think there's some. And there was one whole Kringle. And Manny's literally eating one right now. Yeah, because I, I literally ate mine, and then I had to catch a plane like uh, 10 minutes later um, down to Florida. So this uh, was a nice surprise when I came back. Yeah, so there were so many. And like many desserts, you really shouldn't have, you know, a huge portion. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some flavors that were like, man, you can only have like a little slice of it, like that uh, turtle slice with the chocolate yeah. and caramel. I had uh, strawberry. I, I don't eat a lot of sweets during the day or, or whatever, but I, the strawberry one was very good. So is that, was that your it. favorite? Was that your favorite? It's the, the only one I had. Only one you had? Yeah. Do I you have it. a favorite? Which flavor, Manny? Yes. All of them? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Manny, Manny loves all flavors. No, I just tried the uh, strawberry and the cherry. Strawberry and cherry? Yeah. Mine, by far, clear winner was the almond. Mm. So the almond pastry with the almond paste. So, man, nice. delicious. Yep. Thank you, Brent. I appreciate yep, it. Um, and then there was someone else online heard that we didn't get it, and they were saying they gave us another date that another, another uh, shipment another shipment <laughs> of Kringles is coming. <laughs> wow. Um, so we'll enjoy it <laughs> if oh, you yeah. do send it, but it's certainly not necessary. Thank you so much yeah. for the offer. Uh, the offer is very, uh, very happy. Oh, yeah. The entire office enjoyed that, Brent. Thank you so much. All right. Um, let's see. Let's talk about um, things we did since our last call. Are you guys familiar with the jingle being in the D.C.? Or, uh, Damon, you won't know because you're a transplant, but Manny being here. Um, do you remember this jingle? And I'm going to try to sing it. <laughs> Uh-oh. This might be the highlight oh, of the show. Go ahead. Your job's your credit. Your job's your credit. Your job's your credit. Do you remember that? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was a genius development of the of the Bassam family who started a um, a, a used car business. Um, the, the father, you know, he... he gathered a couple bucks. I think he was um, like a busboy or something in D.C. and managed to get 50 bucks or something like that. And then he heard that there was this place that was accepting donations of cars, but they needed to be fixed um, in order for them to, I guess, sell them and get, get tax deductions. And if they weren't, um, you know, they could just sell them as is. And so his father would buy these cars for like 50 bucks, 100 bucks, fix them himself, and then turn around and sell them for like 300 bucks. Wow. So from that 
you know, humble beginning. Um, now they have a whole chain of retail dealerships, used cars. I think their cars are like maybe uh, initially they were like two year old cars or three year old cars, but now with the the inventory levels that they are for used cars, I think they 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 sell as old as four year old cars. But basically, they're buying them. They're you know cleaning them up, doing all the service for them, and putting them out for sale. And it's like kind of selling a used car lot, used car lot, used car lot. Um, and the, their dealerships don't service them or anything like that. It's just like you know they have factory warranties and because they're so new. Yeah. So, anyways, um, so the family has done really well for themselves. They have like a whole campus out in Sterling, Virginia, and um, the son Joel, who's now I think. I don't know his title right, but I think he's like president or president mm-hmm. CEO. Um, he's now running the business. Super nice guy. And um, reached out to us and said, hey, you know, I, I'm a huge Porsche fan. Um, we have facilities. We would love to do things with the regions and national. Just kind of basically opened his doors to us. So I took Bogdan down to Sterling. It was about an hour from HQ here. And uh, wasn't exactly sure what you know we, what we were going to see but you know we figured eh, why not and uh, we went down there and it was a very very cool collection at least a dozen um more modern uh, probably the oldest car was a 87 930 mm. which was in the family for a while but he had like three speedsters yeah. gt3 rs a 993 turbo um they also had muscle cars and everything so long story short super cool visit we did a reel with a 996 gt3 we did um a couple lots lots of uh imagery and stock footage for for bogdan to use in the future and i'm sure we'll we'll do more and the facility is so nice and it's it's the campus is huge that certainly I hope that uh, either Chesapeake or Potomac region might take advantage and go visit them because uh, super nice people. And uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. So is there any rhyme or reason to this collection? Anything that, uh... you, you know, they, they're, they're, they're pretty humble in the sense of like why and how they collect. I mean, they, these are cars that they just love. They all run. They're all ready to run. Um, you know, he, you could tell like he was not buying these purely for investment it was like i like these cars i'm going to buy them in fact he's looking forward to um participating in pca to learn more about the cars he uh joel has been following pca for uh, i don't know how many years but you know he's he's seen a lot of our videos he listens to our podcasts but he guess how when he became a member of PCA, like he didn't realize that he wasn't a member because his dad was, you know, his dad was kind of into it pretty heavy, so he just kind mm-hmm. of assumed it. But he's only a one month member. Oh, wow. And talking about like jumping into the deep end and willing to do anything. And um, as you can imagine, with a business size of theirs, they have a lot of IT resources, um, marketing, and blah 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 um, that he would love to help PCA with, which was oh, pretty nice. cool. Yeah, yeah, really cool stuff. I and, see. Uh, uh, I see some cars that I would love, probably at least five or ten that I'd love to do some reviews on. At well, some point. we can we can literally plan for a day or two days to go down there. Oh, if we, and, I, and I told Joel, like, we, I want to go down there. This this was just a preview mm-hmm. going down there. I want to go down there with a plan. Mm-hmm. So from the photos, you know what cars he has. Yeah. So we here can sit down and say, okay, we want to do this with the 930. Are you looking mm-hmm. at what your car should have? 
a turbo. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So Manny saw a shot of their family's turbo, and that's just not any turbo. That is a heavily massaged <laughs> turbo with some serious power, blow off valves, and um, yeah. So, anyways, and it has all. I, you know, he's probably the largest collector, and this is gonna be the funny thing. And, and kudos to um, Porsche Classic for making the classic radios. He's probably the largest. Uh, collection of classic radio owners because uh, he loves music and every single classic Porsche in there has the new classic radio. Oh my. Yes, yeah, so I wow. looked in there. Yeah. There was, um, there's also this one thing I saw. Uh, they had a 993 exclusive interior trim that was full carbon, but it had a center console that I had never seen before. And it looks very factory. I wonder if that's an exclusive. For those of you that are watching on YouTube, take a look at that center console. I've never seen that kind of console in a 993, but it looks very factory. So I wonder if that's an exclusive Was option. something supposed to be in the center of that console? Uh, uh, Doesn't look like a storage compartment. Well, I think it is. It's, no, it's, it looks like something slid into there. Look how it's unfinished. Oh, uh, maybe? Yeah, I can see the foam. You know, maybe, maybe it was, I don't know, part of the stereo back in the day? Maybe an equalizer or something? I don't know. Yeah, because usually yeah, the phone, sure. the ones I've seen with phones. That's on the, the side. The phone's mounted on the side. Right. Hmm. It should be have you ever seen, Have you ever seen that? I've seen, like, the shape of that, but not with that, that center thing throwing me off. Oh, um, really? It's, it's very well done. If it's not if, if it's not factory. It's really well it's done. It's very well done. Yeah. It was a nice car. So, um. And it was definitely done when the car was built because no one in their right mind would put cassette holders. <laughs> <laughs> modern yeah, times. period correct yeah, well, yeah, what's but, but, funny is that's the perfect place that's i my uh cayman has like a little cubby like that and looks kind of like that cubby that's where you put your wallet where you put your cell but it, phone it's finished inside it's plastic yeah. you see the foam in there no i think that's no it's that's like velvet lined not velvet but you know it's like that that um soft touch uh, it just uh, yeah. seems very see, that's where i put my phone in my wallet so anyways uh, there's 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 tons of stuff there for <clears> us to uh to film and take advantage of. So, like I said, we'll sit around the table and figure out a game plan and go down there, and Joel will give us the keys to the kingdom and do what we want. So, all right, uh, let's see. Damon, how about you? What's been going on? Not a lot of car stuff. Um, no real update on on the Cayman. I've just been not focusing on it, and uh, so that front main seal is still, still not pulled out, and I might have to modify the tools that I bought. Uh, to be, I, I just don't quite have the leverage, so it's really. I just haven't wanted to look at the car. I haven't wanted to work on it because I'm thinking if worst comes to worst, I have to drop the engine, which is fine. It just that cuts into the autocross season and all that. So, so we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, so a little bit disappointed, but I've been putting my time towards. Uh, I have a PS3 60 gig from 06 that uh, I got working again, so I've been playing some PS3 games. Half Life. I don't know if. You two played that game back in the day. I am the least gamer. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I've been enjoying that. PS360 gig. It's the best version. It's so. Half Life, like Sims. No, it's a first-person shooter that came out in 1998. That was revolutionary at the time, and a lot of first-person shooters since then were inspired by Half Life. So, yeah, y'all, y'all I love that Greek system. To me, I have no idea what. Yeah, you're so talking hopefully, about. some people realize the 60 no gig is where this person comes into an office with about 18 people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Manny, why you gotta go dark? <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's just an awesome. Go, go look it up. It, it's a fun game. But uh, that's what I've been up to. Not a lot of car stuff. But um, hopefully this week weekend, you know, I'm gonna go out in the better weather and try and pull that seal out because once it's out. Should be pretty easy to get back. Now, you have your tires already for this year? 
Yep, yep. Have my tires, everything set to go, and really just wish I had just left that seal in there and let it leak a little bit more before I uh, tried to address it. But so the way it goes. So I haven't moved a number of my cars since like last November. Mm. But Loanne, I take her to the airport on Friday, I think. Mm -hmm. She's going to see the Miami Open. So it's single vu this weekend, meaning I'm going to play in the garage. (laughs) Nice, nice. (laughs) All weekend. Try to get some of these things started and fired up. Now, for those of you that have um, cars sitting on batteries over the winter, uh, I I, I found this out. So I took my uh, Fox Body Mustang out for a drive the other day. And when I started it in the garage... Fired up, no problem. Went to wherever I went to, and then I noticed that it was kind of weak when it fired up. So I brought it home and I put a battery tester on it, and it showed, um, you know, it was it was like needs to be replaced is what the what the little tester showed. But what was interesting is because I had it on a tender when I left, the battery was one hundred percent, but mm-hmm. it just can't hold that bat can't yeah. hold the charge for a long yeah. time. So. I have to put a new battery in it. So just be careful if you, uh, you're you not sure of the condition of your battery. You know, you, I have one of those little testers. You just put on the terminals and you run a, you put in how many cold cranking amps there are. And it just runs a little test. And it tests not only your battery, but can test your, your alternator. Just because you don't want to find out that you've got a bad battery when you're a long and way from home. And test it when you take it off the tender, but then maybe wait a day. Yeah. To just make sure. Well, I didn't even have to wait a day. Like, it, the system mm. knows, you know, after I drove it, that the battery's holding capacity was just, mm. like, at 40, 45%. Yeah. What kind of battery are you going to get? That's the thing is there are no good <clears throat> batteries anymore. There are no good batteries. Like, back in the day, I would buy a diehard battery, and it'd last, like, five years. The battery that's in the Mustang is a diehard battery that I got from AutoZone, and I don't even think it's, like, three mm. years. And I bought... Are you like, buying a 36-month battery and complaining that it's not lasting five years? Yeah, but yeah, I used to buy that same 36-month <laughs> battery, and it, would, and it would last five years. And I yeah. didn't. Even, and back in the day, I wouldn't even put it on a tender and stuff. Yeah. So I think batteries are just junk I feel now. like you're either buying a really not-great battery or you're spending an insane amount of money for the best, and there's just not a lot in between. Well, here, here's the thing. Like, my Cayenne battery, mm-hmm. my Cayenne battery that I when. It may have been replaced when I got my car. So I got my car three years. It was uh, out of a, a lease program. And so maybe it was replaced. Mm. But by the from the day that I bought my Cayenne to the day I replaced that first Porsche battery, literally eight years. Eight yeah. years out of a battery. Yeah. And, of course, what did Vu do when it went time to change that battery? I put in just, you know. But weren't a, you driving that car almost daily at that point? Uh, you drove it daily for a while. Uh, for yeah, maybe, maybe. I think that probably extends the life of the battery too. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. But I, so I went cheap and got some whatever AGM battery and put it in, and it lasted like three years. And then I went cheap again, and it lasted because I didn't, I wasn't sure how long I'm going to keep it, so I went with another cheap. So, but this time, because it is that that battery in the Cayenne is also going bad. So this time I'm gonna get I'm gonna get an OEM battery. Yeah. So you're gonna keep it at least for a while. I'm gonna keep it. I'm yeah. gonna keep it. Yeah. I got. I bought a uh, for so for my riding lawnmower. I need a new battery, and uh, I read in one of the lawn mowing forums that uh, they said just get a Walmart. And just plan on getting one every year uh, because the they're, you know obviously their lawnmower sits uh, yeah. for four months out of the year, five months out of the year, 
And so I said, yeah, what the hell? It was like 1999. I guess you can't complain about that. Yeah, so I said 20 bucks. And, uh, and now it's entering its third year. Really? So it cranks over. <laughs> you definitely got your mind's worth. But have you bought a car battery recently that you've been happy with? That's not like an OEM battery? Um, or anyone in three, your family? If I get three years out of it, I'm happy. Okay. I think my Golf actually is still on its original battery. And I've, I mean, I'm almost done paying it off, and that's six years. So six years in the right? same battery. That's amazing. Well, yeah. uh, the flip side to that, though, my my uh, sister's Tiguan, mm-hmm. which is about the same age as your car, you know how long her battery lasted? Two oh. years. Yeah. Two well, years. My car, base Golf, almost nothing in it. I'm sure a Tiguan has more it's not electronics. That fancy. It's not that fancy. Not that fancy? Oh, mm-hmm. weird. So anyways, when I yeah. went and... Uh, got the new battery for my sister. I asked mm-hmm. the guy at the shelf. I was like, "Is it possible that a new car battery only lasts two years?" He's like, "Oh, we sell batteries all day long, <laughs> all day long. Yeah. They just they just don't last." Sounds anymore. like battery companies have, have figured out to, how to not give you that extra two years past the warranty, right? I mean, I guess I don't it's going to last thirty six months, and if and it won't last a month longer, I guess something like that. So, to me, it's, it boggles my mind with all this technology. Even electric cars, yeah, they rely on these twelve uh, volt, sure. uh, you know, lead sure. cell batteries. A lot of them, yeah. Um, it just it's like the battery technology hasn't kept up with the car. Yeah. Yes, they have higher end batteries. You know, we go to SEMA, we see all this, yeah. but I, I bet you about seventy five percent at least is still the lead cell batteries, the kind that basically rust from the inside, mm-hmm. and as soon as you have a plate go bad. Hopefully you're not stuck in the middle of nowhere because no. it doesn't give you much warning. Or if it does, you know you you say yeah, it's a little bit weak, but it, it'll it'll get charged up when I get on the road. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, that was a little tip for you, those of you that have your car sitting on battery tenders. Just uh, you know, just double check the battery too, because just because it's got a full charge when you left the garage after taking off the tender doesn't necessarily mean you have a good battery. All right, now the one that I'm most jealous of is Manny because uh, he worked hard, but he had. I was going to say, don't be super jealous. Yeah, I know you work. Uh... We always work hard when we're at events, but uh, Sebring, tell us about it. So Sebring uh, is uh, they call it Super Sebring. It's more than just the 12 hours now. It's uh, actually uh, the WEC race, which is on Friday, is a uh, thousand miles or eight hours. Um, they came nowhere. They, they weren't going to hit a thousand miles, so they hit the eight-hour mark. Um, and here was where it gets confusing. I'll, I'll back up a little bit. Uh, so the flight down. This is pretty funny. I I, I, lo- I luck out and I get the exit row, oh, which nice. is first class in Southwest for Absolutely. people that fly Southwest. Get the window seat, which is my preferred seat, and it's the seven thirty-seven Max, I think. Mm. So it's got like two exit rows, and I can hear. And so you know, when you sit down, a flight attendant always leans in and says. Uh, uh, you realize you're sitting in the extra row. Will you be able to assist in event of emergency? And you say, yes, of course. <laughs> the girl behind me says, uh, well, what does that mean, assist? Oh, no. And he's like, oh, well, you have to agree to assist some passengers to get off. And you have to open the door. She's like, how do I open the door? <laughs> oh, no. And he's like, well, if you read the instructions, but it's very easy, you just pull down. And she must have gone to reach. He goes, no, 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 not right now. Not right now. <laughs> not <laughs> oh, right my now. gosh. She goes, he goes, you pull down. And you know, the door will pop off, and then you can uh, help people get get out of the plane. She's like, "Can you repeat that again to me, so I, Oh my god, I want to understand this. And he's like, uh, "Just say yes. If you don't feel comfortable, we can receipt you. Yeah. You don't have to sit here." She's like, "No, no, no. I, I just take this seriously. I want to make sure." Aww, it, and I'm sitting in my seat, going, "Lady, if we if they can get this thing on the ground in an emergency, 
and we're still alive, <laughs> I will open both doors for us, <laughs> and I'll take care of helping oh, everyone else. Poor thing. So, we, uh, we, you know, we kind of take it for granted. We fly a lot, but there's a lot of people out there that have never been on an airplane, and it's probably, so. You know, I read somewhere the 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 stress level for some people that come to an airport and fly. And this sounds crazy, but I, I I saw it in some sort of documentary that they consider like going like going into the battlefield. Like that I, I, love, would, that I would feel really bad for uh, foreigners who don't read English mm. or uh, any of the other languages that are like Spanish, maybe is usually yeah. a secondary language in a lot of airports. Because um, like in in Europe, there's uh, it's always in English. Everything mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. find in English. So for us, it's not a big deal. But I can't imagine uh, speaking a language. Where you don't understand anything, I can see that being really intimidating. Sure, especially at a big international airport yep. about how to transfer from one terminal to another. Just thinking about that starts to get me uh, stressed out of, yeah. uh, when I'm trying to find. Yet places. you still don't get to the airport early. <laughs> yeah, well, here's why I'm never stressed for the airport is I always aim to get there at least two hours ahead of time. You do. I'm always good. I'm, I, Damon is always there before <laughs> all of us. Not like Jim Hemming, three hours. Oh, Jim, Jim, yeah, yeah. three is a little bit much. But. Jim, Jim, I think sleeps there overnight for the, <laughs> the flight the next morning. Um, so, anyways, uh, I get down there and I actually stayed in three hotels. Wow, three yeah. hotels. So I, I fly down there. Um, I get. I want to get there on uh, Thursday morning, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, I realize that uh, to, if I got to take the earliest flight out, I won't get there until noon probably. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, "I'll go the night before, stay at a hotel near um, Orlando Airport, and uh, shoot down in the morning." And I, I rented a um, a Jeep uh, Gladiator. Gladiator. Wow. What's a gladiator? Which is the pickup truck version. Oh, the pickup truck. The Ford Wrangler. Oh, that's perfect yeah. for the green zone. I didn't go in a green oh. zone. <laughs> but uh, it was perfect for uh, media team parking, also known as a field that I never knew existed at Sebring, <laughs> <laughs> which is called the Ullman Straight Parking, they call it, because okay. on the back straight, there, there's this field that I swear to God, I never knew that's where they park cars mm. and uh I, you needed an off-road vehicle really yes you know <laughs> the, the divots at monterey and yeah the upper parking lot yeah, yeah they look like nothing compared to the divots uh, wow yikes and it looked like burning man because there was dust all over the place from people <laughs> oh yeah so the, the the jeep was perfect for it it got with a six cylinder i think three liter six cylinder 15 miles per gallon it averaged oh wow <laughs> but for a truck like that that's for i mean truck? i was like wow yeah. i was reading a review on it just to see because I, I actually i've never driven a jeep like that is that like a modern day Comanche? No, like the, no, it's no, huge. It's more like a Wrangler. Uh, yeah, but it's the um, pickup truck, the pickup version. The of, pickup um, bird, the pickup part of it's really useless because I think yeah. it's like a five. So it's maybe. so it's like a Jeep Wrangler, but with the pickup portion. Four door, yeah. four door. Okay, yeah. it doesn't. I wouldn't relate it to a Comanche. I mean, okay. I, I, I like the styling because I like companies that keep you know the styling the right. same, the retro yeah. look, and yeah. I, I do like that, but. Uh, some of the things don't translate well, like the um, window switches were in the center of console. You know, mm-hmm. you always reach for the door. Right. Uh, so uh, you, know, you had to get used to looking down and putting your finger in the middle to mm-hmm. uh, the screen uh, was very small. Um, but, you know, it, it served its purpose. As I wanted to see what it was like to uh, to drive that Jeep. So I, uh, I stay close to the hood airport the first night, and I drive down. Get down there. I get down there just in time to uh, sit in the car for an hour to listen to the Rensport conference call, mm. which I said, well, you know, I'm five minutes from this call starting. I might as well just wait a little longer. Went to get my um, 
my credentials, media credentials, and it's the first time ever I've gotten credentials without them giving a lanyard. Huh? They had to give you the card with the hole for the lanyard, and I said, do you have any lanyards? They're just like, oh, no, we don't have any here. That's they weird. may have them somewhere else, so I got in the car, and I drive uh, to media parking, then you got to take a shuttle from media parking. It's not. It's a like a tram, like in Disney World, you know, yeah. they, mm-hmm. pulled by a pickup truck. Uh, they take you to the paddock. So I got there, went to um, the media building. And the media building is, um, I would say, holds easily 300 people. Oh, that's bigger than I thought. Yes, but this is where my mistake was. Yeah. I should have gotten there Wednesday morning because if you, uh, it, it's a first come, first serve for your spot in the media. Right? Oh, you stake out your, like. You take a piece yeah. of tape and they put, uh, you know, your name on, on it. And, and yeah, I was uh, Johnny come lately by the time I showed up. So you're in the back of the room. So, no, I'm not even in the back of the room. Oh. I'm in the auxiliary room. Oh. So there's a photo on YouTube of the uh, main room. Oh. And against the wall, they have all these screens. Yeah. There's a little side room that has two little screens that holds about um, maybe 80 people. Yeah. And so I was able to get space there. Mm. Uh, and But the good thing was they actually had internet that worked. Because uh, with AT&T, it was terrible at... Uh, Sebring. Mm-hmm. So outside of that building, you had no reception, no internet access, nothing. So I, was, I managed to uh, find a, a spot, um, you know, to download information, talk with other uh, journalists, and then I walked over to the uh, PCA tent because I figured, well, they always have lanyards, either PCA lanyards or Porsche. The Porsche plots tent, yeah. Nothing. They have nothing huh? over there. <laughs> so now I'm worried about I'm going to lose my little credential card. So I walk over, back over, and I actually had to break down and buy a lanyard for eight bucks. Oh, wow. I haven't bought a lanyard. You don't in like have a lanyard years. in your bag? Like an extra one? No, I don't keep Well, if you'd known that they weren't going uh, to provide one, right? I, like, uh, yeah. I got like a thousand. That is, that, that is weird because usually wherever yeah. you go, people throw lanyards yeah. at you. Yeah, must right. be cutting some costs. And so uh, then when I got back, Kathy Lee says, oh, here, here's your stuff for it. And it was a hospitality pass. And Which I had, had a lanyard. lanyard. <laughs> See? Uh, and then it was something else. And yeah. she goes, oh, I found this. I heard you're looking for a lanyard. I'm like, oh, oh, man. I'm $8 <laughs> in the hole, but thanks anyway. Um, and Kathy was very nice to get me a Porsche hospitality pass, which was uh, very nice to have because uh, the Porsche hospitality is on the um, third level of the uh, pit row. Mm. And uh, most of all, it's inside and have they have great food. Um, the media center had food, too. But did you were you able actually to get a piece of that food? Because I hear it's like uh, piranhas like going after. Yes, it is. <laughs> and when the food comes out, it's like a mad rush. Like they haven't eaten in three days. That's funny. Um, it's free. And yes, it's free. And that's that's not Sebring. Yeah. That was the LA Auto Show. It's the same way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that poor woman came with the cart with food. Oh it my was gosh! Like, everyone's looking at each other. So he was going to make the mad rush to the front to get the food. So funny. Um, and everyone's stuffing. They 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 must have gotten all the food at Wawa because they. Had about a hundred pretzels, you know, soft pretzels you buy at Wawa, yeah. and uh, people are stuffing those in their pocket. <laughs> what? <and laughs> oh my god! They had like a hundred gallons of coffee, and that was like gone super quick. That's crazy. Um, but I went over to the PCA tent. Now, if you think are thinking about coming to uh, a uh, IMSA event, uh, look up to see if there's a Porsche plots because they're not at all of them, uh, but they are a great member of benefit. Um, Porsche. Great. It's a great home base. Right. Yes, and, and Porsche did a great job of uh, uh, if you don't have to um, have a car parked there to be able to come in as long as you're a Porsche um, 
owner or a uh, club member. So you're you're they're asking either for a car key that would Porsche car key or uh, your membership card. Yep. So a lot of people either had their hard membership card or they went online and they were showing uh, there's a screenshot where they were um, a member. And they're usually Porsche Platzes, but at Daytona, it's the PCA Corral, not yeah. the Porsche Platz. And I think right. there's one other race. But so PCA yeah. Corral or Porsche Platz? Yeah, so just to, to be clear, when it's a Porsche Platz, it's actually, you know, the, the bulk of that is because Porsche paid for all of that, mm. right? And yep. when it's a Corral, that's when Porsche didn't was not able to make an investment to have a presence there. So PCA is actually the one that invests for the presence there. So that's mm-hmm. that's a di- difference. But the experience is the same. It's yeah, basically exactly. tent, a home base, presentations, mm-hmm. you know, water, snacks, a, a good way to like, you know, when you you know, you walk the track or whatever and you just want to come back and take a load off and relax. Yep. Oh, yeah. and, and also the parking. Well, the uh, uh, park, and it's only for Porsche, Porsche yeah. only, uh, no matter what. Uh, the only non-Porsche in there was that in the afternoon security guard showed up, mm. and we let him park his car in there because he had to watch the whole place until the morning. Yeah. Uh, but we had, um, actually, it was the same person with the 500E Mercedes. The I was going to say, are we going to go there? <laughs> yeah. It, uh, well, and, 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 you know, Porsche explained to him uh, that uh, this is uh, – a Porsche event, right? They can they run it, and that they only want Porsche. That's yeah, all. well, here, be here's a the branded thing. Porsche. Here's the thing is, and and I love me a 500e. Don't get me wrong, and I know the history of the 500e probably better than most owners. Um, I also love my V Rod. I also love the Audi RS2. I love all these, you know, collaborations Porsche has done in the past. But if you're going to a Porsche only event, Make it easier on yourself and bring the car where on the title it says that it is a Porsche. Because, again, it's not that we or whoever the event organizer doesn't like your collaboration vehicle. It's just the expectation of a Porsche-only parking corral should just have Porsches, right? And some people get so bent out of shape when we don't you know allow them to park and trust me if there's an opportunity that there's like a side lot or something like that you know sometimes they can make accommodations but just you know make yourself make it easier for yourself and bring a car that's actually a porsche but bring the car that got you into the club yeah exactly and again no hate on any of those because i love all those cars just because uh some events that pca runs uh, you know, we do make allowances at work. Yeah, so we, we let, we, uh, you know, we would we let. We try to, but yeah. we, we can't guarantee it. We, no. I saw a 500, a really awesome 500E at works with a group well, of other Well, that cars. was, that's the reason why we bring this up because that uh, was, I wouldn't say it was an issue, mm-hmm. but, you know, for volunteers that are following very strict instructions of, mm. you know, Porsche only parking. It and makes they, it tougher for them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you got to mm-hmm. have like this side conversation with someone that doesn't know about a 500E, blah, 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 blah. So mm-hmm. again, if you're, if, if we can make accommodations, please talk about it ahead of time and not during the middle of the show. I mean, it's not a good experience. So, for so the uh, the plots was, uh, I looked around. And I realized that I was the only male, uh, either getting in the way or helping him out at one point. But it was run by, and I got to give a shout out to uh, Lynn Friedman, Miss Lynn, of yeah, course, and Leslie, Sikorsky, and Leslie, Sikorsky, yep. Sikorsky. Yep. Yep. There they are. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, they did Daytona, and uh, Leslie's a Zone 12 rep, which is Florida. And Lynn is the uh, Porsche Plotska hospitality uh, coordinator. tent coordinator. And they do an incredible 
I can't say it enough job. It they work so hard. Yeah. Wasn't Lynn the enthusiast of the year? It might have been. I uh, think. Or she got the Zone Rep Award. Zone, or Zone Rep Award. Zone, Zone yeah, Award. yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. actually, uh, they both shared a camper uh, so they could be close by. And if you want to know how hard they work, how much of the race did they see? They had no idea what was going on. I was, <laughs> exactly. Whenever, whenever I would stop by, I would give them updates on what yeah. was going on. They don't even um, get a chance to watch no, They are constantly making sure that uh, there's enough water, uh, that uh, you know they're vacuuming the floors to make sure that it's presentable. The whole nine yards, stuff that uh, it, the tent doesn't happen by itself. Yeah. And from Porsche, we had Kathy Lee, mm-hmm. uh, HP Haley. Yeah. And uh, even Allison, who is, uh, I guess, uh, Tamara's assistant. Oh. They sent her over okay. to help out, too. Um, so, But it was all women running it. Nice. Uh, so kudos. Like I said, I think I was getting in the way. Uh, I just You probably were. So what I got to do, <laughs> they asked me to do, which was kind of fun, was uh, Kathy Lee asked me to um, interview uh, Volker. Uh, Holzmeyer, the nice, president nice. of uh, uh, Porsche Motorsports Motors, 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 Motors North America, yeah. and um, and and he was really funny. You know, we had a great time a great uh, talking about uh, the upcoming race. And uh, <laughs> so while I'm interviewing Volker, they're doing qualifying for IMSA, and the uh, not the the 963 that Robert's showing on the screen right oh. now goes into the wall oh, <laughs> as we're talking oh man and you hear everybody like scream uh-huh. and we like turn around because the uh, screens are behind us yeah and we look and uh yeah i think he, somebody said he turned white at that moment oh uh, of course <laughs> oh i bet and uh i was like uh, it's well, gonna be a long night we're gonna him. wrap up this interview because i think you gotta go somewhere <laughs> right now to figure out the, what's yeah. gonna go on oh man um they did get the car fixed in time for the next day to uh uh, to uh, run, but that uh, pushed us, I think, down to seventh place for qualifying. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was like I've never, never had that happen interviewing someone. Oh, and, uh, that looks so. Had, yeah, the, had a, the car that they're in charge of. Uh, that's turn like one. That. If I, there was a lot of cars going off turn yeah. one. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so if you go to a uh, IMSA race. Um, look to see if there's a Porsche Plots or a PCA Hospitality. It really enhances the experience. Get to hang around with uh, PCA members, Porsche enthusiasts. They, uh, a lot of places do um, parade laps, uh, and uh, it's all free. You know, you, you have to pay. For, you have to pay to park in the corral, uh, and those tickets tend to sell out very quickly. But if you don't, if you just flew in or you drove your non-Porsche, you can still walk in and uh, hang out, and they have some neat, neat giveaways, soda, water. Uh, so on. All right, so on to the race. Um, so they called it Super Sebring because the WEC, World Endurance Challenge, and IMSA both uh, race. IMSA is North America. WEC is worldwide. Worldwide, yeah. Uh, the only time they race in the U.S. is this race. Um, they used to race at Coda, but now, now it's uh, Sebring. And there's even talk that they may not come back next year because they essentially feel like they're second fiddle because the main race is Saturday, and that's when uh, everybody uh, shows up. And and I got I got to put some of the blame on the WEC because I think they do a really poor job of marketing themselves in the U.S. A perfect example was uh, Formula One was in this position six years ago, before Drive to Survive came. Right. Uh, a lot of people didn't couldn't tell you the difference between Formula One and IndyCar. It looked right. the same. Right. Uh, and this is the problem that the WEC has is that people really don't understand. Um, the, not everyone going to Sebring is go, are diehard fans. You know, they're casual fans. It's in mm-hmm. their area. They want to come hang out, see race cars. But uh, uh, there was a lot of fans I spoke to that were really confused as to 
who race in the WEC. So how do they how do they do that? How, if if you were given that responsibility, I well, mean, well, first of all, I think they got to broadcast the TV the race on TV mm, on mm. one of the major networks. Not, mm. uh, I think Jim Hammock had to, they had pay to subscribe like, to something. Yeah, right? It was a, not not a cheap subscription. Yeah, it was expensive. Like pay per view. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it was. Uh, they don't make it easy, and I think they almost expect because they're so popular around the world that Americans are going to embrace them. Ah, and it's just I not see, happening. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it's very confusing. Maybe next year they'll join forces, and all the cars will race together in one race, and they won't have to worry about explaining what WEC is. But at least for now, um, it, it's very uh, very confusing. And I even hear uh, on other podcasts that aren't uh, motorsport specific. They are really confused as yeah. to what WEC is and what IMSA is and what teams are. Um, and when you go into the paddock, uh, it's it's really uh, telling. And I, and I gave Robert some pictures, but it, it really doesn't give you a due justification. So you go into the IMSA paddock, and it looks like a typical IMSA paddock. I think there's a shot there of the IMSA paddock. Mm-hmm. You know, they, all the teams have their numbers and their flags. Uh, and as you walk down, you know, Penske has their two cars that are running in IMSA. So it's all IMSA cars mm-hmm. that are running. And as you start walking down, you see uh, this sign that said 1,000 miles of Bahrain, I think. Mm. And it literally feels like you walked into a different country. Because suddenly, uh, that's the uh, the um, watching area of the uh, WEC. Oh, that looks nice. All the garages change. Yep. They have tents. But inside the tents, you can see... The, they almost look like F1 type garages. Wow! They're, uh, I was like, wow! And, and I do have to say, you, you did just say a thousand miles of Bahrain. Well, that, that, that there was Sebring another, though is what no, no. There was another picture. There was another They're picture? advertising thousand miles of Bahrain. Wow! Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which that makes. I don't, maybe I didn't give it to Robert. It's a little confusing. Yeah, yeah. that's just yeah. that's the viewing screen they had. And yeah. They had couches and whatnot. Uh, of course, uh, teams like Peugeot and on the ground, see those stars. Yeah. At the WC, they had all the teams, like kind of like the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Wow! But they had all the drivers had their own stars on the. Uh, that's on a the significant ground. investment for someone that doesn't know, or for people not to know about that's going on. Yeah, it's. I thought wow. it was a nice touch. Right. It, it was just so to me much much more organized and marketed better uh, than what what IMSA had. They also had these little trailers. They looked like construction, like supervisor trailers. Yeah. Um, they were all the same color, all like a beige, and they must have been three hundred of them. And every there was one for the WEC registration office, one for WEC steward, one for every team had them. Wow! I guess drivers could change clothes in there if they wanted. That's the Ferrari uh, oh. garage. Um, it's uh, it, it was very um, remind me of Formula One uh, yeah. type so, of. So that setup. looks really nice and clean, but I almost wonder um, if American racing enthusiasts kind of appreciate the greediness and the transparency that you might see walking around an IMSA pit compared to WEC. Uh, it's the same access you have at the IMSA because IMSA is not letting people walk into the garages. Yeah, they yeah, also true. have uh, uh, barriers to prevent you. But uh, this is very F one like. Yes, it's just yeah. the um, the setup and whatnot looked much more impressive than uh the IMSA did and and for someone who's a first timer hard time probably telling the difference but having been to yeah hundreds of these I can tell you um I was very impressed so so IMSA's one was like where you normally see where it's a tractor trailer and they pull out a canopy and then they're working out underneath yeah and some of them had like uh, the garages like this like look that's the IMSA setup for um Faf. Faf yeah 
Um, and they gave uh, WC, they, they gave him a whole different pit lane. Mm. So the pit lane was on the back straight. Mm. So mm. you entered uh, through turn 16, which is the turn that leads you on the back straight. Before the entry in the 16, you entered a pit lane. So they had a completely different uh, pit lane than what IMSA used, which is the traditional front straight uh, mm. pit lane. But uh, and, and the sad thing was because they were in the so far corner of this paddock that everyone I spoke to, no one had been over to the WEC paddock. Oh, man, what a shame. And I was like, you got to get there before they leave. I said, it's really impressive. I said, but you got to keep on walking because they're going to walk for the IMSA paddock first. And you, yeah. And then you run into the WEC. But, it's, uh, uh, but, yeah, almost everyone I spoke to, none of them had been over. Huh. And I explained there's two Penske teams. There's the IMSA team, right? And you keep on walking, go into WEC land, yep. and you're going to see another Penske team, and that's the WEC team. Now the cars are identical, mm. they're, but they're not the same cars. There's mm. four cars total mm. that are running. They just happen to look. That's uh, that's the um, WEC uh, nine six three driver getting out. It was uh, two different teams completely. That uh, it was the only time we saw them. No access together. is pretty good and not a huge crowd. Like you're pretty close in these photos. Yeah, and these are nothing special. This is what any spectator uh, uh, got, and it's equivalent to like what you see in an IMSA race. Yeah, you can, uh, and if the, the workers aren't busy they'll be happy to come chat with you and answer any questions uh very cool uh, yeah it's uh obviously much better access than you see at uh f1 and um you know pe- you got to hear the cars when they came out of the garages or they came back in from the uh the pits so um wc uh ran on friday they did practice on thursday along with um Amsterdam. and then on friday uh well thursday they did qualifying and uh, to everyone's surprise, because the big talk was that Toyota was just going to dominate mm-hmm. because they've been doing this for a while now. Um, but everyone's surprised Ferrari took the pole, yeah. which was a little bit depressing as a Porsche fan mm-hmm. that we have all this testing under our belt. And then Ferrari shows up and gets the pole. Yeah, It said a lot about this whole hypercar class because so the Ferrari is running a different, um, it's in the hyper class like the Porsche is, but it's not an LMDH car. So it doesn't use the, uh, uh, like a, a generic uh, hybrid system. They're not spec cars, which no, is exactly. what the LMDHs are, except for yeah. the engine and powertrain. And they're right? all-wheel drive. Yep. So uh, uh, they, it, it, it almost makes you wonder if Porsche, for at least for WC, uh, chose it uh Maybe they didn't make the best decision for the platform. Maybe should they should have done their own. Still too early to pass judgment. They've yeah. only done two races. Yeah. One in this is the only. This is the first WEC race that they've done. Um, but yeah, that was a big, uh, big uh, surprise. Everyone that uh, it was close. It wasn't like they uh, smoked Toyota, mm-hmm. but they did take the, a pole, which has been a long time in sports car racing, top tier sports car racing. Uh, but when the uh, and the other person that took the pole. Uh, was this all-female team called the Iron Dames. And this is which class? GTD? GTEAM. GTEAM. Which is the uh, land of the uh, 991 RSR. The last year, we see the RSR run. Yep. So uh, the difference the, is, in WEC, they're still running the RSR mid-engine, and it's GTE. And yes. in IMSA, those cars would be GTD now. GTD, and they're 992 GT3Rs, okay. which is the rear engine. Mm-hmm. Um this is further co- confused the crap out of people <laughs> because they look like, this, yeah. they look like the same lot. cars. Yeah, they look like the same cars. Yeah, yeah. even yeah. I had to like that double double check that I was correct when I was. Yep. So the Iron Dames unfortunately yep. got pole position, and during the race, early in the race, they went off 
and damaged their bodywork, and it was an extensive pit stop. And that yeah. uh, we everyone was rooting for this all, all female team yeah. in the pink car because I mean it would be so cool to have a uh, yeah all female team win. Uh, That's the diffuser. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was unfortunately. Uh. Yeah, you know these cars are uh, so low to the ground. They're um, uh, to a certain degree, really delicate. Yeah. So mm-hmm. a, a simple off sure. can be catastrophic. Uh, and these these cars now run so tight lap times that something that uh, doesn't seem like a big deal can cost you a from podium fir- position. From first to last, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> easily. So they uh, uh, they ran on uh, Friday uh, for, like I said, uh, uh, eight hours. They didn't reach the 1,000 uh, miles. Uh, uh, first time Ferrari pit it, they lost the lead and never regained it. Mm-hmm. And Toyota took over. And this is where it became kind of boring uh, because Toyota just ran away. And at, at one point, I think they were close to two laps ahead Ooh. of the next car. And it became just a um, watching the cars go around in a yeah. circle. Yeah. Um, the lower tier cars, the Ferrari and the Cadillac and the Porsche, were doing their own race for third place and that was kind of exciting because they mm. were running they were t- changing the, the third place lead right um with pit stops but because of some uh issues they had like a, one was a steering wheel that wasn't functioning uh small stuff uh for reliability uh, they had extended pit stops so porsche fell out of contention and uh, didn't finish anywhere near we were hoping uh i think they had the pace uh, not counting the toyotas mm. Um, but the WC definitely has some work to do in getting the uh, the classes uh, or the, the cars better uh, balancer performance. So it's worth noting this was the first WC race of the season and, yep. the, and the second IMSA race. So we'd already seen they probably made some adjustments to the BOP. I'm guessing for IMSA, but uh, this IMSA, is like a discovery. Period. IMSA did it with the um, the uh, 911s. 911s, but not the uh, remember Daytona the 911s. It was some teams already pulled out before Sebring because mm-hmm. they said we're not going to waste our money because we're not even close to competitive. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think IMSA was uh, afraid of losing more people. Yeah, so they uh, made a, they gave it the um, enlarger restrictor plate um, and uh, I think changed the weight a little bit, mm-hmm. and that uh, made a big difference for uh, uh, for the competitiveness in IMSA. Uh, but like you said, this is the first race for WC. So, from what I was told, uh, Porsche executives were already meeting with the FIA at Sebring to discuss their, uh, not displeasure, but they want to see the series succeed, and they're in it for the long term. So, uh, I would imagine we'll see uh, some kind of adjustment made against the Toyotas, because no one, no fan wants to see a race where the leader's two laps ahead. Yeah. Unless it's Porsche, then it's okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's, I mean, oh, yeah. back in the, the golden era, quote-unquote, with the 917s, right? They were win by laps, not not seconds, you know? Yeah. I mean, like it or not, and I know people in forums uh, um, will complain that, uh, you know, IMSA does uh, a lot of uh, uh, extended uh, full-course yellows, uh, the BOP and whatnot, but it is entertainment. Mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. it comes down to it, that's what uh, puts the fans in the seats, and that's where the money comes from. Mm-hmm. If you want to see uh, basically no politics, no full-course yellows because of TV, go to a club race. Yeah, you Watch yeah. amateur racing. That's you're going to see the rawest type of racing there is. But until then, uh, if you want to see pro racing, this is just part of life of pro racing. Just like you have pay-to-drive drivers, you have, uh, you have um, sanctioning bodies that realize this is entertainment and – so uh so for WEC um 
uh, Toyota wins one, two, um, Porsche finished fifth and sixth. Um, the, uh, um, the RSR, uh, Dempsey Proton RSR came back and they finished second and they actually mm-hmm. lost one of their cars during practice on, uh, Thursday or Wednesday, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, they couldn't, um, they didn't have an extra tub, so they only had couldn't enter one car in the race. So kudos to them for, um, for taking a podium only with only one car on the team. Uh, but they were both a lot behind the Corvette. Mm-hmm. So once again, uh, I wonder how Porsche is going to be handling that with the WEC this year, the final year of the RSR, I believe, because the RSRs are old cars now, yeah, like three or four years yeah. old. I wonder if Porsche is even making chassis or has like a store of them. Uh, or are they there, running so out? The Proton said they had their extra chassis was in Europe and they weren't going to fly it. Ah, in. I see. So uh, yeah, I'm sure they uh, they yeah. they still uh, will be making the chassis at least. Yeah. How cool would it be? Pie in the sky right here. How to, how cool would it be to get one of those mid-engine RSRs and then turn it into a streetcar? That would be so cool. And maybe I would we love can that. talk to Sunderwunsch and yeah, tell him right? yeah. special wishes. Yeah, or it could be the next PCA project yeah, car. There next you go. PCA Classic Club Coupe. <laughs> Once we sell that, that Classic Club Coupe for $2 million. Yeah. <laughs> Keep dreaming. Uh, so uh, we've uh, on Saturday, we had the uh, 12 hours of Sebring. And that was the big race. You could tell so many more people showed up for that just by the Porsche plots parking. Mm-hmm. On Friday, it was about maybe 60% filled. Saturday, it was packed. Packed, yeah. Yeah, and um, I got to say once again, kudos to the uh, Porsche folks. Because next to us was the Cadillac Corral. I got to say, it was kind of sad. <laughs> 12 cars. Oh, oh man. <laughs> it looked like the Hertz rental car parking lot. Oh, uh. Uh, it was, uh, and a bit, the funny part was there was always a suburban with the guy and it like blocking the entrance just in case some rogue had like <laughs> try to get in. I was really hoping that some guy would show up in like a 75, uh, Coupe de Ville to park there. Cause that would have been, he would have gotten the most looks out of anybody, right, and, right. And, but they were all late model, um, Cadillacs. It wasn't he wasn't so. trying to keep people out. He was trying to keep them in. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. maybe. Uh, so uh, I, I don't think they did a pre lap. I never saw them come out, but I thought it was funny comparing. Mm-hmm. Did, did they have a lot of parking space? They had about one quarter that we did. Okay, and they still right. have plenty of room left. Plenty so it room. wasn't like yeah. they were busting at the seams. Yeah. And Corvette was next to us. So really, the only corrals that I saw was uh, uh, Corvette, uh, Porsche, and then the little um, Cadillac one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. BMW and I think like at Laguna Seca Mazda, they all have good corrals. But I've never seen an awesome corral when it comes yeah. to. Other makes no and Corvette I, I, sometimes yeah Corvette on where that's I was joking with uh, with some Porsche executives I said uh, look out in this field show me where the Toyota uh, right. Corral is where right. are all these right. proud Camry owners right. I said Damon would have been, been there <laughs> 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 Love that um, so uh, for uh, for IMSA um, uh, the uh, Cadillacs took uh, the first and second place the front row um, followed by the Acura uh, Porsche. Uh, qualified fourth, and because of the um, accident where he went to the wall, seventh place. Um, so we were uh, we were hoping for a lot because in GTT Pro, which is the other place where Porsches were running, um, uh, FAF uh, qualified, I think it was uh, seventh, um, uh, the uh, number nine uh, plaid car, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was interesting because I was told someone from someone from Porsche that uh, since they've uh, started selling merchandise, I don't know if I got this number right, but it was almost like 10 times more volume they've sold this year than like the three years ago when they started selling merchandise. Because of the plaid. plaid. Yeah. yeah. 
For so it's sure. Like, it's like in, I, I went by their um, retail uh, booth, and it seemed to be always packed. Yeah. So people love the... Uh, that's why I told Bogdan that he should do a men in plaid using the men in black. Mm-hmm. I don't think he understood that uh, <laughs> yeah. that was plaid. Right, and I right. said, it's pretty funny when you think men in plaid, not men in black. I'm going to have to explain it to him a little further. Um, so uh, in the uh, land of GTD, and uh, the, there's a lot of makes and, uh, and models. Um, there's Lexus with the RCF GT3. Um, is there a street model called an RCF? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. I never. Um, I'm, I'm, they're uh, they've they've reviewed well, <laughs> but it's not something you'd probably take to a track. They're kind of big. Yeah. I think they're my neighbor has a convertible version of. My uncle has a. They handle well, but man, I would it's not fast. want to buy tires for that. It's fast, but it's like yeah. it's like a fast couch. Yeah, exactly. But he had the uh, Mercedes AMG. Mm-hmm. Um, the. Um, uh, what was it? The uh, Acura NSX. Mm, uh, so it's a nice mix of uh, of cars. Um, so when uh, when that race started, uh, they also have uh, on both the races they do a grid walk. So like uh, an hour before the race, they let the fans onto the track. And if you did this at Daytona, uh, it just felt like a stark difference because you are. I felt like I was going into a sausage grinder. It was so tight. Mm. And uh, you funneling everybody through. I, I mean, it was like, uh, and once you got into the pit lane, you weren't getting out till you came out in the other, the other side. end. There was like no side exits. At least Daytona has the grass, and you people walk up to the right. track on the banking, and and you can spread out more. But at Sebring, it was a pit wall, and then the um, inside pit wall where the mm-hmm. teams are, and you weren't going anywhere. So I was about twenty feet in when I realized I made a big mistake. I should never <laughs> got in the air. So I was in there for 30 minutes, slowly oh. shuffling as I was trying to make myself out back on the other side. But if you want to walk pit lane, I would get there early before the masses all um, congregate into the uh, lane and you can't see anything. Uh, but both uh, sanctioning bodies do offer that as a uh, as a nice perk. Um, so the, the IMSA race right from the get-go was, uh, seemed to be a lot more exciting than WEC, uh, a lot more passing, um, there's a ton of four, full course yellows, mm. people spinning, hitting things, uh, which would bunch up the field. Um, they would let, uh, and, I, and I'm, uh, I'm not even going to try to explain it, but uh, they basically let the one people who are down a lap, I think, catch up a lap mm. when um, there's a full course yellow. So you see a lot of cars passing, like the pace car. Oh, really? They, so they can they can gain laps, not position, yeah. but they can gain laps, yes. so that the classes yeah. are bunched up yeah. together mm-hmm. rather than. Which is why uh, there was at some points GTD and GTT Pro, which use the same exact car, mm. same exact cars. The difference is the the drivers. Um, and, and the funny thing, there's a lot of pro drivers running in GTD, which is supposed to be not for pro drivers, mm. or a mix but, of pro and amateur, right? Uh, well, yeah. uh, the um, uh, well, it's a it's a formula they use, mm. and it's funny because it's uh, like how, like if you're a pro but you haven't raced so many races, then you get downgraded to like a bronze uh, driver, uh-huh. a silver driver, yeah. Then you qualify for a lower class. Uh, Mike Levitas explained it to me one time because he said he was like sitting out a couple races so he could go in as a bronze driver, mm. even though you know he had won the twenty four hours of Daytona prior. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so it's um. So, anyways, GTT class at one point was leading. I think the GTT Pro. Oh wow! So it's uh, but it wasn't really like Damon said. It wasn't all amateurs. It was a mixture right. of um uh, of very good pro drivers and amateur drivers. Um. Uh, but uh, 
there was a lot of good racing going on, especially if you watch it on TV. And uh, Porsche was in contention the whole race. So that, that made me happy because after Daytona, it was a little bit depressing yeah. uh, about what the season was going to look like. And I think they uh, they still have some things to work on, but they, I think they found their their, their pace and both the 911s and the um, the uh, 963s um, to the point where uh, at one point I was in Porsche Hospitality. I think Kathy Lee and I were having the, a bite to eat, and the head of the 963 program came up, and we were again chatting with Volker, and uh, and Volker said something to him like, uh, you look like you're in a pretty good mood. Mm. And he just smiled. Yeah. And, uh, of course, that was... Until the... That was before mm, we the 20-minute mark. The 20-minute mark, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I went, I said, well, I'm going to watch this finish uh, at the end because um, at the time they were running third, but it was within the lead lap within seconds off the leader. So this is going to be a really good race. And you could see the lead changes changing with, t- with pit stops. and Wasn't whatnot. wasn't a Porsche 963 in first and third? Oh, at the when end, the crash yeah, happened? right before the crash, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, uh, at that point, I said, well, we won this race. We got this race won. <laughs> Because so you know, we you're got the cars, reason. You we got two said. cars in the hunt, um, and this this was some aggressive racing going on. Yeah, yeah. and the uh, Wayne Taylor uh, racing uh, car was in second place, and they came around one, and the Wayne Taylor car tried to uh, get by, and the, the Porsche side. squeezed them onto the grass. Do you think he squeezed them, or you just didn't see him? There? I don't think he saw him. I don't think he saw. And him. if you look from the top down. So, I, so when I was reading your article, you know, in Tech Tips yesterday, so you look from the top down. So at first, it almost looks like, man, that guy, the uh, the third place car, the the Acura, came yeah. out of nowhere, and how could he have known he was there? I, and I think but the so, car in front of him was just this going is where wide I dis- to set up. This is where I disagree because yeah. all the years I raced, you knew exactly where everyone was. Uh, you knew who was near you, who who was behind you, and if you don't see that person, that person's somewhere. That person didn't just magically disappear off the map. Yeah. Uh, I think he was trying to uh, protect his line. Yeah. And he figured that when he pushed him into the grass, he would lift. He would lift, yeah. And slow down, not uh, stay on the gas uh, and try to get grip on the grass. That's a good point. Uh, and and the other thing was after the race, uh, Germany, who was the one who, if pushed. you will, squeezed him, yeah. uh, said it was just a racing incident. Yeah. Now, if it wasn't a racing incident, I would be pretty torqued that, you know, he, he took me out like this. And, what do you mean? What do you mean when he says he's. He, he wasn't mad at the uh, Wayne Taylor racing. Uh, it was in Albuquerque, I think was the uh, driver's name. Uh-huh. Uh, he wasn't mad at him. He said he's just a racing incident. Oh, I see what yeah. you're saying. So, I, so, I mean, it, it, coming back to that, it, it, it's really easy to see how he could, because that, that Acura was way to the right. And the, the 963 was behind two cars, slower cars, mm-hmm. and was trying to get by them as well. Yeah. So I could easily see he sees an opening. This guy has already crossed all the way over. And as he tries to go around, he squeezes the other guy off. Like that, that, when I look at that, that's what I see. I see, to me, I see someone who reacted late. Yeah. Gemini saw that the uh, Albert Kirk was making the move already. Yeah. And said, I'm going to shut the door on him. Yeah. And uh, so it, we'll is, never know. Is it a racing sure. incident? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it could be. I mean, that happens in racing. No one got fined. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately, but, uh, when he came back, he basically picked up the 710 split and yeah. took out the, both Porsches, oh, and it was so dark, and we were watching on the TVs, and no one could make. You didn't know what was what. And the funny thing was, behind us there was a bunch of fans in their pickup trucks, and they were happened to be looking through the tent, watching our screen. Yeah, 
And they, it was about 30 of them, jumped out of their pickup trucks and ran to the edge of the tent <laughs> to, look. to get a better look. And they're like, what's happening? We're like, we're trying to figure out what cars because it's so dark. Uh, yeah. You could barely make out. Um, it's oh. like one of the darkest part of the track. Wow. And then, unfortunately, uh, we got news that uh, both Porsches were hit. Oh, man. And uh, the Cadillac and the BMW went by. And the rest is history. Uh, so, yeah, it was a huge bummer that the 963 didn't get its first win at Sebring or anywhere. Um, but I'm very um, hopeful now that uh, uh, they found their pace and they got the reliability. They got a podium, um, at least. Yeah, they got their so. first podium. Um, and I think the first win is not too far behind. Mm-hmm. And But the good news was the men in plaid uh, got first place in GTT, uh, or GTT, GTD Pro. Yeah. Uh, so that was awesome that was patrick pillay led the um team to uh, the checker flag and uh, and not only congratulations to them but congratulations to jim hemmig because in our little work chat we were wondering like can they put that car back together quick enough and be competitive and jim had 100 percent faith yeah like, they unfortunately were since i had no internet except <laughs> the media i wanted to send you guys photos at the garage, that, uh, yeah, they're almost done. Oh, really? And this was the day before. I'm oh, like, wow! At four o'clock, I'm like, yeah, they're almost. They're going to be done. That's, that's amazing to me. Like you see the conditions of these cars after the accident, and they they have enough parts and they have the ability to put the car back to 100. percent But it, and the thing that really amazes me is because just think about the mess we made changing Rob's water pump. <laughs> How <laughs> many parts were on the ground? Yeah, grease. Yeah. And these guys look like they just got done surgery. Their yeah. hands are yeah. clean. Everything's on the floor is Whole surgical. different level, my when friend. you have purpose-built <laughs> tools made exactly for Whole that car. For that most level. of all, when oh. you know what you're doing. Yes. And what you know oh, you're doing. You know, uh, talent and skill. That's yeah. what has a little bit to do with yeah, it. it was, uh, so it was, um, I, I'm looking forward to, uh, I think Long Beach is the next race. Is that the next stop? I, I, yeah. For, uh, for IMSA, and I think... Um, Portimao is the uh, next for the W for the uh, WEC. WEC. That'll be fun to watch. Um, who knows? Maybe next year they'll all be racing together in one race. Uh, but it's great seeing all these different manufacturers in the media room. I felt like there was more WEC media than IMSA, mm. and it felt like the United Nations. There were so really? many different languages being spoken, which was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Did um, you throw out some Spanish just to kind of fit in? You know, Spanish <laughs> and Portuguese, and uh, can be very close, and followed yeah. by Italian. So. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes I think I thought I was hearing something, but then I realized, nope, they're speaking Portuguese. I can only hear a little bit of it. But they're looking uh, at you, going, "The Ecuadorian press is here." Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for the race wrap up. Um, let's uh, quickly. We've uh, man, we've wow, time has gone by, mm-hmm. but we want to do a quick uh, review on some things that have dropped recently. Uh, Works reunion walk around that dropped uh, recently, yep. and um, the podcast we talked about. Damon, anything else? Uh, yeah, I'm working on the, this bore scoring series. Um, crossing my fingers that, and by next week, which would be uh, the week of the 27th, it'll be finished. Um, but it's going to be tight. But look for that soon. I've just watched all the way through all four videos, starting the edit, and uh, really look forward to that. If you have any questions about bore scoring, how it happens, what you can do to slow the onset or prevent it or fix it, any sort of question. Vu asks in this video and um, some experts answer. And uh, much like our IMS bearing series with Jake Raby and Charles Navarro several years ago, this should be a pretty definitive guide on bore scoring. So very, very excited for that. Looking um, forward to it. 
We have a one-mile review coming out this Saturday, so by the time you hear this podcast, it will be out, and that'll be a 981 GT4 versus a 718 GT4. So very, very similar cars. There are some differences if you want to know what they are and how I scored them. uh, Tune into our YouTube this Saturday. Very good. Yep. Um, So upcoming, so by the time you hear this, uh, April 5th, we have a very, very special Tech Tactics Live, which I am crushed that I'm not going to be here for it. And that is Manny. Uh, Mr. Alvin Springer oh. coming, <laughs> who uh, who is uh, the former uh, president of Porsche Motorsports, kind of helped bring Porsche oh, Motorsports yeah. to where it is today. The man himself. Um, still involved with Porsches. Uh, he even has his hand in a little bit with the 963. He's coming out with a book that documents his history with Porsche which includes working for Vashik Polek, starting Andal, and ultimately uh, heading, uh, creating and heading Porsche Motorsports North America. Um, I was bummed he wasn't at Sebring, but he told me he wasn't going to be at uh, at Sebring. But he's coming out to Columbia. He's going to be in studio, so we'll have him on the podcast, and then we'll also have him on Tech Tactics Live to talk a little bit about uh, everything he's done. You know, uh, Volker was telling me that... Uh, he oversees every single 962 engine that uh, Motorsports builds because Motorsports still um, supports mm-hmm. the 962s. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says everyone that's built, he oversees and makes sure he's in a diner room and making sure it's all checked. So if I had a 962, I would think that's yeah, I was about cool to say, yeah. Because every 962, I think, um, in America had the Andal sticker on it because it was touched by Endal and that's probably one of the reasons why they did so well. Oh, I'm so yeah. jealous, but uh, please take good care of him. Um, also this week, uh, actually after this, uh, later on tonight, we'll be recording Tech Tactics Live with Prescott Kelly. Confessions of a true Porsche hoarder. Yeah, if you, I'm if you think I'm a hoarder, uh, and, and we say that in, in with utmost love and respect, <laughs> uh, Prescott Kelly's going to share some great stories of... Uh, Things he's collected of recently, things that he's been able to let go of, but then more importantly, give some tips on you know what you should do in terms of collecting uh, Porsche memorabilia, um, toys. Uh, and I would stuff. highly, if you're a collector, I would highly uh, recommend watching this uh, show and, and then showing it to your wife because uh, uh, <laughs> Prescott ended up selling a big chunk of his collection for a Pretty good amount of money. Let's just say mm. there was a GT3 RS involved afterwards. And change left over. And change, lots of change <laughs> wow. left over. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. still has a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, um, I told him, I said, you're going to give hope to everyone who has all these stuff stashed away. That, I love uh, it when, when, you know, <laughs> so you know the show hoarders? Yeah. <laughs> I watch that just because it makes me feel better yeah, that right. I'm not so bad. You don't have pathways <laughs> lined by old magazines? No, I don't. Not yet. Not yet. Not, not, yet. Yet. not, not yet. So. All right. Um, in the news, in the news, we can talk about ah, new headquarters from a manufacturer that's not Porsche. No, Ruth uh, is opening a, a new facility in Miami. And so uh, Roof has a so Roof uh, for those who don't understand is the it's a, its own manufacturer. It's recognized. Mm-hmm. It's unlike Singer. Singer's not a manufacturer. Uh, when you buy their cars, you're still buying a Porsche. With the Roof, you're actually it's titled as a Roof. Exactly. Um, now, they're recognized in Europe as a manufacturer in the U.S. So we ran into them. They had a display at the Amelia, 
And lo and behold, uh, one of the uh, folks down there listens to our podcast. Mm. And I was <laughs> sent an email. They are inviting us to come down and take a look at uh, their new North American headquarters. So the I sent you Miami. guys. Yeah, so I sent you guys a note about it, and uh, hopefully we can make that happen because mm-hmm. that's quite cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they do build a uh, a model, uh, and I can't remember. What's the model that they did the whole uh, chassis themselves? Carbon fiber. It's the new. But uh, it's the whole chassis is different. It's not a Porsche chassis anymore. It's their. Uh, I should and know I can't this. remember because their their letters uh, come. It's not the CTR three. Here we go. It's a it's an SCR, I think. Um, the new CTR. They're just the calling CTR. it the CTR, yeah. the CTR, which is the original name of the original. And, and CTR. it was there. It was there, it was there uh, at Amelia. It was 510 horsepower variant called SCR. And they, anyways, it was. It looked like it you're looked, talking about this yellow one. Uh, well, they uh, don't don't have a picture of it, but they had it at Amelia yeah. last year, and I didn't realize what it was until Ilko brought me over, and he said it's no longer a Porsche. Ch- they're not taking right. a Porsche chassis. You can tell by the wheelbase. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's a. It's a, a it was. Uh, but it looks like a older mm-hmm. um, chassis. Yep. Um, so the SCR, I believe, is um, naturally aspirated, and then the CTR is turbocharged. Turbocharged. So I believe they use the same chassis. So yep. they basically yep. were doing stuff that Singer is just doing now. They were doing oh, a yeah. long time ago. Absolutely. And they progressed to, to building, building their, their own, own chassis. Building their own chassis. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, synthetic fuels back in the news. Well, yeah, they, they've, they've been on everyone's lips as a possible. Uh, everyone thinks that the electric uh, revolution is going to end now that Porsche can figure out how to make uh, fuel out of water. Uh, not going to happen. Um, I think it's great as an alternative. I think it's uh, if it can extend the life of our current ICE engines, hey, I'm, uh, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a lot of questions about it, but Porsche has uh, basically, uh, I think, asked the European Union to relook at some of their. Um, their so planned this, uh, policy changes and to uh, exempt uh, these e-fuels. And, of course, the proponents are saying, or the people who are against it are saying that uh, uses too many natural resources to, to make it a viable fuel wow. resource. So, But I thought it was <coughs> the production of these e-fuels were, they were, I guess they're, what was it, the zero net effect of producing that fuel Zero, so like the Hara Oni plant using wind and yeah, solar yeah, yeah. and all that. Uh-huh. Carbon so that's neutral, for, right? That's very, very small batches yeah. uh, at this point. That's like, I think, 45, 50 bucks per gallon. Oh, Jesus. And you got to transport it. Oh, it's yeah. in Chile. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So they make it for the racing cars right now, I believe. At least, you know, some 992 Cups, I believe. Mm-hmm. Use. The plan was uh, they were going to use it for the uh, Carrera Cup series, mm-hmm. the Super Cup and Carrera Cup. And then they were going to have them at the experience centers to fuel the uh, cars. Mm. I don't know if they've gotten that far yet. Mm. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so Porsche was in the news mm-hmm. because they were uh, basically telling the European Union, just hold tight for a second. We want you to include uh, these uh, these fuels also as an alternative and not to ban all fuels. Mm. Um, so. so this next one uh, from the Porsche newsroom, and you had asked me about uh, my birthday. I ask you what day of the week you were born oh. because they're do, uh, they're doing a uh, special uh, GTS 30 years of Porsche in Thailand edition. And uh, unlike um, where they did our Club Coupe and Club Lao, and they're offering uh, because they said that there that uh, people celebrate the day of the week. And am I getting that mm-hmm. right? As their birthday. And uh, I'm so a Wednesday. So they're doing um, a different color offered. You can, depending what day of the week you were born, they have a special color. 
Uh, Boo and I were born on Wednesday, so that's signal green. My Demon favorite was color is Monday. Green. That's uh, perfect. Signal yellow. Yep. What, what, it, what was Robert? Did he say? He was Riviera blue. Robert was Friday. Friday. Yep. Yeah, that's a great color. I have to say, looking at all those cars, the, uh, the only two I would probably, well, I shouldn't say the three I'd consider buying would be that signal yellow, Riviera blue, or the, I think, Guards red or Carmine red? So, so, those look the so, best so you do like yellow? I like yellow. It depends on the car. It depends on the yellow. Oh, that's cool. So, Huh. They picked like it right. Racing yellow is green. Called, uh, green is called fire red. That's uh-huh. red. Yeah, green's a little much. I know yellow is pretty minute. bright. But. Uh, Manny, you're also Wednesday, and green is not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, might, can't as well see be, it. might as well be gray. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't see green. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, I thought it was a pretty cool idea. Yeah. First time I saw yeah. it, it was a bunch of different colors mm. on one car. And I was like, no way. They're coming out with the yeah. car. Like, like yeah. that, but uh, no, that was just that was like a graphic or something. Yeah. All right, now our last news item talking about a platform in the Macan EVs. Uh, more, we talked about this last up um, podcast about the PPE. Yeah. Premium platform electric, not yes. protective. It's supposed to be a game changer yeah. for Porsche, um, yeah. and they're going to have it on their cars. So it's hopefully going to become much more competitive range wise with Tesla, because of course that's. So this is a skate- like it or not. So what people are looking at is range. So this is a skateboard kind of underpinning, and then you put your mm-hmm. body on top. Yep, it's yes. going to be from what I've. I think we've heard the what's rumored is the seven eighteen is going to use that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Macan's going to use that. It's going to be underpinning sports car, two door sports cars, and SUVs. And do they they share that with any of the? Um, brothers and sisters from other Audi. with yeah. Audi. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Okay. And then they'll, they'll do their thing where they tune the software, they'll tune the suspension, they'll change yep. some componentry to make it more Porsche. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, depending on how other, I mean, it's not out of Porsche could potentially sell this platform to, to more manufacturers, mm. you know, um, to use. And as what like, kind of range are they, they predicting? I don't think I don't know, but, about a range but 603 cause... horsepower and 737 pound-feet of torque Whoa. for max output. So. I think they use they use terms like it's going to be more competitive, uh, yeah. range-wise yep. with this new uh, even if it's platform. Even if it's 250, I'm okay with that because that amount of power, oh, that'd yeah. be so much fun to drive. I, I still say the thing that not a lot of people are discussing is at what point will a 911 no longer be a 911 when mm. it's all electric? And obviously, to me, a 911 is the engine in the rear. Mm-hmm. And, they can still uh, keep the engine in the, or well, they put the motor have, in the back. Well, I mean, everything's going dual motor. Yeah, but the skateboard yeah. also, I think it. if they do that with the 911, they then have they'll have to package the battery near the back as well. Make it oh. rear, rear heavy. So does that mean the Boxster and the Cayman will not really be mid-engine anymore because the motor will be yeah. sitting if on the axle? If they use PPE, then they won't be, they won't be mid-engine They won't anymore. be mid-engine like that. Maybe people won't so. care. True. I mean, they they True. could easily, you know, surpass uh, several generations where people won't care right. that it's uh, yeah. not the traditional engine placement. Done. But for, yeah. for for a mid-engine car like a seven eighteen to go to a skateboard platform, the mass is still in the center, basically, right? So it's not a huge change, not a huge change compared to like the nine eleven going electric. Yeah, interesting. My opinion on that. All right, so a couple of PCA events coming up April 5th. We have Phase 2 of Porsche Parade. So we spoke about this last time. If you're going to Porsche Parade and you've already gone through Phase 1, Phase 2 is where you're actually uh, choosing all of your options, so to speak, and the, the agenda. 
for your week there. So uh, read about that in advance so that the day that it opens, you're just basically going through and making your selections. And also something else to add on to that, since I was um, put this into eBreak last night, uh, on March 29th, the phase one registration, which is just getting yourself into the event and getting a, a hotel reservation, that closes March 29th at midnight. Okay. And opens back up April 5th at noon Eastern time, the same time phase two registration opens. So get your phase one done before March 29th at midnight happens. Okay. So maybe I'll have on uh, Melanie on the next podcast mm-hmm. for a little bit to talk about some insider tips. Mm-hmm. Oh, registration that's a great idea. because uh, that way the next uh so this podcast recording comes out on the 27th we'll record again on the 29th will it be out before and then it would come out april 3rd so it'd come out like two okay. days before that's helpful registration mm-hmm. um happens and uh so if you're uh keep an eye out on the podcast if you're coming to parade and you want to hear some insider tips on uh registration so May 25th through 28th, uh, Manny, I think you've chosen another popular regional event. What did I choose? Uh, Fiesta, New Mexico. Oh, yeah. I went to this years ago. Uh, it's a multi-event weekend. Uh, very fun. A lot, lot of uh, um, things to do. Beautiful uh, area. Is it in uh, yeah, Santa Fe, New Mexico? Yep. Roadrunner region. Yep, they did. People great job. Roadrunner, really great, friendly people. Uh, if you have never done a multi-event weekend uh give it a try it's uh basically like mini parades is what they would call them Mm -hmm. it's uh, a whole weekend nothing but porsche stuff and uh it's great uh great for couples yep so those of you in the northeast region a very popular event is the porsche only swap meet held by the central pennsylvania region uh, and that's going to be April 29th. Yep, and I can guarantee you, Bob Gutierrez is already looking at the weather forecast this far out, <laughs> and and sweating it because it no, without a doubt, it's probably uh, predicting it's going to rain. It hasn't rained in the past. Uh, Last year, year it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Look, since I've been going to Carlisle, it hasn't rained. Oh, so Not you're the wood. reason. Uh, whatever it takes. <laughs> whatever it takes. <laughs> because I can't imagine it's going to be very pretty if it does rain. Uh, my wife will be there selling all my stuff. So uh, at least all the stuff we can fit into a Suburban, uh, and I'll be walking around trying to spend the I money. I haven't been to one in a while. Hopefully, I'll be able to get to that one. Yeah, it's uh, if you've never been to it, even if you don't need anything, you got a brand-new Porsche. It's just fun to come hang out, and there's uh, a lot of boutique items that the dealers sell or uh, cl- unauthorized Porsche clothing you can buy. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully we don't have to shut down a vendor like we did a few years ago where they're selling the they, PCA stuff. We don't shut down the Porsche. They That's yeah. Porsche's deal, but uh, this guy was selling PCA stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll probably be there. Uh, I usually don't buy anything, but, you know, maybe one of these one of these years. Um, I, I always um, remember back uh, when I walked by John Patrick's booth last uh-huh. year and I saw a, well, I saw a roller bearing crank. I didn't know what it was exactly. And then he told me, mm. and I'm thinking, whoa, this is a really rare crankshaft. I was holding it and everything, knowing it's expensive, but oh my gosh, I, it's more expensive than I probably realized. I thought you were going to say a broken hand. I was about to say, I thought yeah, you yeah, were. Yeah, no, it fell <laughs> apart. <laughs> you dropped it. Yeah. Oh, oh man. And then May cool 12th, stuff like that. May 12th through the 14th will be, uh, we were just talking about Porsche Plazas. This will be the Porsche Plaza at uh, uh, Laguna Seca. Yep. And if you're uh, in the area or close by and you want to experience... Um, IMSA racing and seeing the 963s, uh, that is a great place. Oh, man, to, can you uh, imagine seeing them coming down the corkscrew? That'll be phenomenal oh, pictures. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be amazing. Yep. Maybe uh, one of these races, though, they're going to get their first win, so yeah. that'll be exciting. 
All right. This is, uh, uh, I was asked to make sure to remind you all if you haven't signed up for the PCAE newsletters, such as eBreak News and Performance News and Mart Fresh News, it's all free uh, for members. Just go ahead and go to PCA.org and uh, you'll find the newsletters there and you can sign up. Super easy to do. So thanks for listening. If you aren't currently a PCA, oh, uh, oh, uh, really quick, I want to give a shout out to everyone who came up to me uh, to thank us for the podcast. Yes. I had a lot of listeners come up and uh, say they really enjoy and it makes their Monday. So that made me happy that uh, we yes. have. Uh, I've been getting a lot of that. More we listeners than just, just my mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, it, it's it's pretty good to hear that because we, we uh, you know, we do this out of a labor of love. And uh, so many of you, if this makes your day, we love hearing about it. And uh, it's, it's great meeting people. And it, it it's like you have this con- constant immediate bond with PCA people at events just because and they they know the backstory of a lot of things and um just to go back to the beginning of this podcast with uh Joel Bassam and uh, Eastern Motor Group when I went through his collection he was referencing things from the podcast and <laughs> so that's that's pretty cool um again thanks for listening if you aren't currently a PCA member and own a Porsche just grab that VIN and head over to pca.org and we'll set you up and if you don't have a Porsche happy to help you Find your next one through the test drive program. Uh, remember to follow our podcast Instagram page, see behind the scenes photos, Porsche Club Insider, all one word. You can always send us a message at podcast at PCA.org. And again, we love seeing the comments on YouTube. Uh, if you're watching there or if you're listening through the Apple um, uh, podcast uh, system there, please leave comments there. We read those as well. Until next time, stay safe and we'll catch you down the road.